Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is May the 10th. You are listening to the COB from Ausbiz. I'm David Scott, or Scuddy, as uh, people like to call me around here. And I'm joined today by Annette Beach. Beach, what's Beach. going on? Oh, man. Record day today. We uh, all watched with horror that payrolls report. But as we did discuss with Westy last week, the pain trade actually came to fruition. Stocks loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Markets love free cash sloshing around and the prospect of that continuing. So, of course, the ramifications for the Federal Reserve spilling across to other markets, not only here, but abroad. Our local market, I went to look at the XJO. I think it was the highest record closing level. Uh, and uh, we're about 25 uh, points off the uh, all-time uh, points record for the index that was set back in February last year. No thanks to what was going on, in particular today, in the commodity space. So it was red hot. Uh, I'm looking here on my screen. I can see Dalian Iron Ore Futures <laughs> September 21 contract. And I can tell you, it is sitting up plus 10%. That's limit up. It's been there pretty much the entire session. What is going on in the commodity complex? Well, with commodity complex, China can't get enough. And of course, China was on holiday for quite some time and it seems to have just decided to catch up to the global infrastructure boom. And, uh, and of course, still ongoing supply issues. You just can't get enough of that high grade iron ore that China needs. And so here we are at 200 plus. Absolutely. Well, we had a chat with Peter O'Connor from Shaw and Partners about the commodity complex today. Get his thoughts about what's going on. So worthwhile having to listen to that. Uh, look, it wouldn't have been uh, an episode of, of the podcast without having a chat about what's going on in crypto. Uh, <laughs> of course, uh, Saturday Night Live was the uh, on everyone's lips. Uh, probably first time I've said that in a while about anything, but uh, uh, Elon Musk guest hosting that. And of course, everyone was looking for the Doge trade, the Doge to the Moon trade. Didn't quite end up that way, did it? Well, it did if you just bought up ahead of that uh, show, Saturday Night Live. I believe it got up to like a whopping 72 cents or so and at one stage was worth like $76 billion. But like a lot of trading, once Musk came out and basically said Dogecoin was going to be uh, a rocket being sent to the moon, that was just too much and it was time to get out and I think it was 50-something cents. Uh, by the end. <laughs> yeah, a bit of volatility. We had a chat with uh, Carolyn Bowler of, uh, of BTC Markets about what was going on there. So there's a really good reason why they don't offer uh, no trading in, uh, in Dogecoin there. Uh, look, 
volatility in that space is uh, is dramatic to say the least. So go in with your eyes open is probably some sage advice that Caroline went and sped to us when we spoke to her earlier on. Look from uh, from one end of the investment spectrum to the other. It's uh, we had a chat today with to Rob Shears, who's the principal advisor and director at Valor Private Wealth. He's uh, got twenty five percent of his portfolio investing in Berkshire Hathaway. Now, what a value play that is! Wow, that's uh, well. We know Berkshire is probably maybe a little more controversial these days, just because they are a big skeptic of digital currencies and crypto. Uh, and of course, the millennials. I believe we read out a tweet today said that maybe between Charlie uh, and Warren Buffett, there was uh, nearly two hundred years of experience between them. But yeah. you know, let th- let them let them do the work. They've been a long, long term performer so you have to respect that yeah the, the compound annual growth rate of that portfolio is speaks for itself so i can see why so many people go and still follow the advice there despite the age there's no no just uh you can't go and say that uh, they don't know what they're talking about they do mm-hmm. so really interesting also uh, besides i know berkshire rob also gave a couple of other little tips as to what he's investing here in the local market so something to go and have a listen to later on in the day uh look uh, also gotta have a chat about what's going on in the uh, casino space of course crown uh, uh, it seems to be in play, getting lobbed bids left, right and centre, including from uh, Star, Star, which here in Sydney is just literally across, across the Across the road. <laughs> you could catch a dinghy from uh, one side to the other. There, It does seem there's a Blackstone bid, there's uh, the Star bid, and there's all sorts of variations of what form that bid would be in. Some of that uh, made my macro head explode. But the point being that uh, Crown share price is creeping higher and higher as everyone seems to be arguing uh, over about where the future of crowns going to be well it could be a much bigger group uh, if uh, the regulators and the shareholders approve but of course still a long way past from that and there's other players in there as well so one to keep an eye on certainly looks like it's in play uh i mentioned star as the, as one of those suited because it's actually our stock of the day so uh koshi sat down today with mason summer sundrum from deep data analytics and gaurav sodi from the intelligent investor to get their view as to uh you know what they think about star group take a listen i wasn't expecting i thought that it'll happen eventually uh, private equity is in play trying to steal the assets, so why not? Um, and it makes sense for them because they can, you know, reduce, get rid of one of the assets, reduce down, be a much more efficient, get more customers. Yeah, it makes sense. I would think regulatory problems are going to still play out. Um, so private equity might pick up pieces if that happens. Um, but it's a tough one. But, you know, if they merge, it does become an interesting piece. And there's a long history of casinos going through... Um panics, crashes, <laughs> and all sorts of mayhem, and coming out okay on the other side. As long as you have a good, strong underlying asset, we certainly didn't foresee any of the stuff with Crown. That was a big shock. Um, but again, they, ha- they hold two amazing assets, and I think a takeover was always likely. This actually works really well. It gives Star access to every major capital city in Australia. Huge advantage when they're bringing in um, big rollers from overseas. Uh, the price is not all that cheap actually so I think right. this should be taken quite seriously by the Crown Board and would create a much stronger business. As shareholders of both I'm pretty pleased about the okay. idea of both of them merging together. Interesting, Gorosodi has stakes in both companies so he's holding but not going into the portfolio today but uh, no, a decent day for uh, for start shareholders up around 8 or 8% or so so really solid way to go and start the uh, the trading week up about uh, no, 50% for the year so no decent returns there. Uh, look, it'd be amiss of me not to go and get your views about some of the economic data we saw out today here locally. My goodness, the uh, let's start with a really, really eye-watering one which was the NAB <laughs> business survey. I've, I've never seen a more bullish soft sentiment survey 
than what I saw on today's one. Yeah, absolutely. So just for, for background, the April NAB survey hit the uh, hit the decks at 11.30 and absolutely every single indicator was at record highs with the exception of exports. Uh, but the rest, like the confidence, the conditions, employment, I think forward orders were plus 40, uh, absolutely off the charts. And the number that uh, Scuddy and I with our pointy heads on really loved that capacity utilisation at over 85%, like that's the highest I have ever seen. And what that means is, is that businesses are so flat out hitting capacity constraints what does that mean? That has to be looking for shortages, which is inflationary. So the report wasn't inflationary today, but it's certainly laying the groundwork for being inflationary in the future. Absolutely. And it also points to a sharply lower unemployment rate, as did the uh, the skilled jobs vacancy survey from the uh, the government released today, up a, a lazy 250% or so from 12 <laughs> months ago, the level of vacancies that are out there, a uh, really bullish number, uh, once again, pointing to lower unemployment. We also got uh, the retail sales figures, both uh, no, for March and the uh, the March quarter turnover. What was your, uh, no, the, the turnover was a little bit uh, softer than expected in volume terms. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no biggie because we're not sure exactly whether that's going to move across to services. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, with my old uh, hat on as an economist, I used to rail against this uh, retail sales because it's it's for what it doesn't include. No transport, no health, no education, no utilities, nothing we actually spend our money on. So what retail sales did tell us is that people stopped buying food and bought cafes and restaurants. In other words, it's a lockdown trade. So we need to wait for GDP next month to find out what people are actually spending their money on. Well, I can go with uh, what I've seen in the airports around the uh, nation over the past few months that uh, they are definitely out and about, so probably spending on services. I dare say we'll see what happens in the national accounts when they're released uh, in the early parts of next month. Uh, look, uh, we also have the federal budget. It's like you know Christmas Eve for, oh, for economists. Yes. Some, some people have explained <laughs> it on the other show. So do you feel excited? Can you, can you sense like Santa and uh, and the uh, the reindeer coming. Well, in in the old days, we didn't actually shake the boxes and find out what was in it. So I don't think there's much to unveil tomorrow night. Of course, that being from seven thirty tomorrow, it will be uh, the treasurer's speech. So we know there's billions on healthcare, aged care, uh, childcare, all the cares, uh, and of course, massive infrastructure spending from coast to coast. So we we know all that. I guess what we don't know is what's going to be the iron ore price assumption i reckon it'll be, be 55 bucks a time but uh, there's a, some disagreement there oh yeah, you think it's going to be higher but what do you want to see in the budget well i put a view in today i think rather than a smash grab pre-election budget i think we should pandemic proof the economy uh start building a proper quarantine facility make childcare free encourage businesses to keep up its flexibility going forward so we don't get that disruption uh, to, to businesses. There's plenty of ways to future-proof the economy because the bottom line here is that, as Stephen Anthony uh, from Macroeconomics pointed out today, the economy is doing very well and yet we are pump priming. And I think what we should be worried about is, you know, we're, we're going to be tapped out. We're spending so much money. 
Well, it's only going to be a red hot economy. That's what it feels like, goes to what we're seeing here and now. And then with the uh, the fiscal impetus coming through as well, like we're lucky to see in that uh, that budget tomorrow night. Uh, who knows what it's going to be like? But hopefully, uh, this leads to some uh, some really good, strong data, strong wage growth, and then budget repair. Because we must go and save for a rainy day at some stage. You cannot just go and spend your way to eternity uh, when it comes to the budget. Um, well, just just as a quick plug um, for after the budget. So this is Wednesday. Sorry, but. We do have Philip. We do have um, Philip Brown, who is a credit specialist. Now Australia does have a AAA. The question might be: Are we overspending, and does it risk our AAA rating? I think that will be an interesting discussion. It will. The uh, the inner sort of bond trader me thinks: Well, even if we do lose a AAA, it's maybe a basis point or two. It's uh, it's really you know much of a much for the time being. But I can see where you know in times of adverse stress, you want to go and have that as uh, under your belt. But for the time being, it looks like we uh, we might go and retain that, but we'll. See See what the S&P and the like go and say when uh, when they see the budget themselves. Look, uh, on that uh, budget eve tomorrow, we've got uh, quite a few interesting guests coming up, and I'm looking forward to speaking to some of these people on the show. Uh, Nicholas Cummings, Global Equity Analyst at Oracle Investment Manager, will go and join us on the program. So looking forward to welcoming him to Ausbiz. Also, Celeste Go, FinTech Research Analyst at S&P Global. Uh, more than a few fans of FinTech out there at the moment. Big picture tomorrow, Prashant Nuana from TD Securities, your old buddy. Uh, and Warren Hogan from EQ Economics. So we'll get a preview there of the budget. We'll also have Sonny Banjia, Portfolio Manager at Antipodes, joining us at 3.30. And then we'll round off the session uh, with Martin Crabb, Chief Investment Officer at Sean Partners. Always enjoy having a chat with Crabby yeah, on, on a Tuesday afternoon. Get his views about what's going on and the like. Well... I think it's going to be a pretty hectic it's a day tomorrow. Pretty big day. And then the day after tomorrow as well is probably going to be equally because we try and digest all these announcements. So And see what it means for you and your investments. Exactly right. So Beach, what do you reckon? I reckon uh, pull stumps and then we'll uh, we'll go and reconvene tomorrow. Yeah, I think we need a good night's sleep and we'll do it all again all again tomorrow. All right, Huru, enjoy your night. We'll see you bright and early. See ya. 